Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. God's given me this child and I want to get them to him. That's my primary. I want this God, you gave me this child. And my first prayer is God help me help. I pray that this kid will come to know you as soon as possible. Help me to demonstrate you to him or her. Help us to train them up in such a way. And I know they'll have a choice on their own one day, but help us to do everything we can do to get them to you. That's my goal. With each of my kids, I'll rest when I know that they're with the Lord. There's not, not that they got to die and go be with the Lord, yeah, but that they're saved, that they're born again, that they belong to the Lord. Most parents want to ensure good behavior, grades, and positive social interactions in their children. But as Pastor Bill shares, these targets are not the primary goal of parenting. Today's message shares how the number one task given to a parent is to lead the child to Christ. Their salvation doesn't land on your shoulders. They will be responsible for their own decisions, but you can show and demonstrate a positive relationship with Jesus to encourage a relationship for the child. Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of Ephesians chapter six as he continues his message, marriage and the family. Ephesians six verses one through four, I'm gonna read them all together. It says, children, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And we'll stop there. So let's come back to the beginning of this. Here's the goal of parenting for one. Uh, What's the goal? What's the, you know, God blesses a a married couple with some offspring. Why does God give you these kids? What's the goal now? What what becomes your, what does God want you to do with these little people that look like you that he gave you? And I want you to write down two verses. I want you to write down Proverbs 22, verse six. And I want you to write down Deuteronomy chapter six, verses five through nine. Proverbs 22, six says to train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So the idea is, you know, and I wrote down three words as far as the goal of parenting, exemplify, train and correct. You're to exemplify. So you're to be an example to your kids of what it is to know the Lord, how to walk with the Lord, what it is to have a relationship with God. You're to be an example first. Then you're to train them. Training has to do with telling and showing. Um, So training is not telling your kids what to do, but it's, it's a combination of telling and showing. And then we have to correct part of parenting, part of raising up kids in the Lord. You have to correct them. And we'll, we'll speak about that in just a moment. So exemplify, train and correct. And then Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9 says it this way. It says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house When you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And so here, God, as he's telling the Israelites, you know, he's commanded them that they would love God with all their heart, mind, soul and strength so they could exemplify it. Then he says, and teach these things to your kids. These things I'm commanding you guys. Make sure you teach it to your kids. How do I teach it to my kids? He's, look, and I want you to catch the, the simplicity of it. He says, look, when you're walking by the way, when you sit down, 
when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. He said, take every opportunity to talk to your kids about me. When you're driving down the road and they said, Dad, what's that about? You got an opportunity to talk to them. You know, when the sun rises in the morning, you see that up there, you got an opportunity to talk to them. When they're looking at the stars at night, I mean, all throughout the day, you just look for, you steal your little moments and opportunities as you answer questions for them, as they ask you things, as they observe the world in which they live. He says, take every opportunity to talk to your kids about me. And so that's the goal of parenting, right? I think in America, we have an American dream, an American idea. And so Christian parents get lost in that. And a lot of times in in the context in which we live, Christian parents have done a better job preparing their kids to be successful in life than they have done preparing them to enter into eternity. Parents have been more faithful. They've been more diligent to see after their kids schooling and grades and how that's going. Been very much, I mean, very diligent about that but not as diligent to care for their spiritual well-being. How are you doing with the Lord? Am I being an example to you of what it is to walk with the Lord? Am I praying for my kid? I remember the years I did youth ministry, and I, I, it would trouble me. There'd be parents who kids were not really walking with the Lord, but they were doing well academically. And the parents would say, oh, he's doing great. He's, because in their mind, doing great meant he's got great grades, he's got straight A, he's doing, I'm sitting with the kid saying he's on his way to hell. He's not doing great. But in their mind, he's doing great. I'm like, we don't see this the same way. There's a, there's a disconnect here. And so I'm not saying that our kids got to be stupid, but I'm saying I have a goal as a parent. I want you to know the Lord. Now, I believe if you know the Lord, you're going to do the best you can do in these other areas. We'll encourage that too. But I believe that in, in just in our American dream sort of mindset, this gets lost. And parents aim at, preach, and focus on the wrong things. We won't discipline our kids for not walking with the Lord, but if they get them grades, get off, give me, I'm taking everything away. You know, so that's, that's the kind, those are some of the ways in which it gets, the, the water gets muddy. You know, I could tell my kids God is the most important thing. But what have I demonstrated in what I discipline them for, what I encourage them, what I celebrate? I'm saying some, sometimes we're saying something different as they watch what we celebrate. Look how happy dad is about, you know, what I did at this thing, you know, but we're not, we're not really, we're not demonstrating that this is the most important thing. That's what we want to be cautious of. We need to all be in our minds and our hearts aware that the goal of parenting, the primary goal, God's given me this child and I want to get them to him. That's my primary. I want this God. You gave me this child. And my first prayer is, God, help me help. I pray that this kid will come to know you as soon as possible. Help me to demonstrate you to him or her. Help us to train them up in such a way. And I know they'll have a choice on their own one day, but help us to do everything we can do to get them to you. That's my goal with each of my kids. I'll rest when I know that they're with the Lord. There's not not that they got to die and go be with the Lord, yeah, but that they're saved, that they're born again, that they belong to the Lord because I trust God with them. But this world is wicked. I don't trust this world with my babies. Amen. I want to hit this real quick and then we'll come back to the Ephesians 6. It's, a, it's another area of uh, parenting that's challenged in our society. And it's it's really been to the detriment of our children. The Bible calls on parents to discipline our children. We live in a world right now that challenges that. Most of us grew up in an era where if you did wrong, what you got? What'd you get? You got spanking, right? You know, I had like a two lives, I feel like. I had a life when my parents were married, and then a lot of things changed when they got divorced. Before my parents got divorced, I had a mom and dad in the house. My father was the disciplinarian. 
My dad would spank you if you deserved it. I never got a spanking I didn't deserve. I got many that I I got away with many that I did deserve, but I never got a whooping that I didn't deserve. But when my dad was there and you got a whooping, you, you knew you got a whoop. You didn't want to ever get a whooping again. He didn't beat me. It wasn't anything over the top. You know, it was a it was a it was a spanking. But I remember when I got my dad was there. My dad, he didn't have to yell. My dad, my dad was he could just be cool as a cute. Hey, guys, cut that out. Right. God, yes, sir. You know, like you just he didn't. He, we, get, we were in public with friends. My dad could just look at not a mean look. He could look at you and just do this. Shake his head like. And that meant cut that out. And you understood that we was cutting that out right now. You know, like, no, no got you. Nothing else need to be. Got it, dad. That was good for me. Right. That was healthy. We were we were under control. Now, as my parents divorced and that ended, you know, everything, <laughs> really every, everything changed at that point. The first whooping I got from my mother, I realized two things. My dad had taken all the real leather belts. And though my mom yelled loud, it was like, that, that's it? <laughs> I, I would calculate in my mind, if that's, if that's it, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And uh, it was bad for me that discipline had kind of changed in that way. So we need to discipline our kids. And I do want to give this before I, I want to go through some verses. I'm going to give you several verses in Proverbs to write down if you're a parent. Uh, because there are people today, even in the church, are like, well, I don't discipline my kids because maybe your parents overdid it. Maybe your parents beat you in anger. That's wrong. That's wrong. So we don't want to do the opposite extreme, right? You have one extreme over here where parents have actually abused children. They're angry. They've done it in such a way where this is abuse. It's over the top. That's wrong. It's always going to be wrong. So the other extreme over here is to say, well, then I'm not doing any of it. I'm going to put my kid in a naughty carpet and on a timeout. And I'm just going to tell you right now, that's highly ineffective. We're going to read verses. That's not how you discipline a child. That's not primarily how we're going to discipline children or some of the Bible teaches. So, so the rules of engagement with regard to discipline, discipline needs to be done in love. Discipline is not our chance as parents to get revenge on a kid that made you mad. Uh, discipline is not to them. It's for them. So when you discipline a kid, you're, you're realizing that, hey, if they continue in this behavior, this is going to be a, to their detriment. I, I need to help them stop this. Discipline is going to be how we help them stop it. It's for them. It's done in love. It's not done in anger. Rather, if you find that you're angry, that you're unqualified to put forth discipline at that moment, you can't do it. Don't discipline in anger. Uh, we do it for our kids. And so I also believe that it's, it's, it has to, for it to be fair for a kid, they need to understand beforehand. Like, I can't spank a kid for something that they didn't know they were doing wrong. So if I haven't communicated to you that you can't do X, you know, this thing, then when you do it, now that might become that first time I'm going to teach you. And don't do that again. If you do it again, this is going to happen. Understand? understand? Yes, Dad, I understand. Good. We're good. Everybody's happy. You know, um, I think, you know, we need to be clear. Some parents, you know, if you today on Monday, if you do that, it's OK. On Wednesday, it's not OK. You know, and so that that that's not really healthy. That's not a healthy environment for a kid. So in my household, this is what we came up with. If the goal of parenting and discipline is to help my kid know the Lord, then I made it really simple. I'm going to discipline you for these two things. If you lie. And my kids know this. If you lie to me, if you lie, you're going to get a whooping, period. Because the Bible says that one of the things that will keep my kid from walking in light with the Lord is learning how to walk in darkness. 
So lying is walking in darkness. You tell me a lie, I'm going to whoop you. You tell me the truth, you're probably going to catch a pass. You know, you tell me the truth, I might take something away or, you know, you might, you know, you get a little pause, but I want truth because that's going to, I want them, the goal of this, I want you to, I want you to walk with the Lord. You got to walk in the light to walk with the Lord. So if you lie to me or you, you, you do things that are deceptive, that's going to be discipline. Um, and if you rebel, because the two things that keep a person from walking with the Lord is walking in the dark and walking in rebellion. God, I know that's what God wants me to do, but I won't do it. So if you let your kids grow up rebelling against you, you haven't trained them to learn how to walk with the Lord. Your kid's been trained. I do what I want to do. I know my mama said this, but I'm going to do this anyway. You haven't trained that out of them. So here's where discipline comes in, because everybody, we all have some of that in us. And if you have five kids, you'll find that they're all different. Some of them have more of that in them than others. But we all have some rebellion in us. Um, some kids is, is, is demonstrated in, in, in you know greater ways than others. And so what do we do about that? Now, I want you to write these verses down. I'm going to read through them pretty quickly. They're all they're proverbs and they're all pretty self-explanatory. They don't really require uh, much else to be said with them. But I'm going to start at Proverbs 13, verse 24, and then we're going to make our way down through these proverbs. So Proverbs 13, 24 says, he who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. So some people think that they loving their kids by not disciplining them. God said, if you don't discipline your kids, you hate them. You actually hate them. He who loves him disciplines him promptly. And that word, that's important. Discipline should be, you know, they should get it when they do it. You know, some kids, I've heard of kids doing stuff where, they figure that they figure out where they won't get in trouble at and they cut up there. I think there shouldn't be nowhere that they feel like, you know, if I do this at granny's house, I can get away with it. You know, you discipline them promptly. We'd be in grandma's bathroom or we'd be out in the automobile. We're going to be somewhere or we may have to wait till you get home. But you're going to understand. I mean, my dad, again, it wasn't bad. It just was it, it was bad for you if you had been misbehaving. If we were at family's house and my, where my dad didn't want to discipline us because my grandmother, his mom was, you couldn't, he couldn't spank me in front of her. But my dad would come over and whisper to me, he says, when you get home, I'm, hey, I'm going to tear your behind up. And then he would just back off and, and that was it. And I'd be sitting there looking like my, my grandma, what's wrong? <laughs> you know, like, this day is ruined. I'm like, man, I, I know, I know I'm going to get it, you know. I tried that once. I, I never tried that again. You know, he just said, OK, you, you think you're going to get away? He just whispered it to me and then went on. And it was like, I know that now I got to sit the rest of the day. I got to get the whole ride home. There's a little torment involved in some of that. So he fixed me. You know, I, I didn't go back over grandma's house thinking I could get away with some stuff. So we do it promptly. Proverbs 19, verse 18 is the next one. It says, chasing your son while there is hope and do not set your heart on his destruction. So you chase them while there's hope. Don't set your heart on his destruction. Proverbs 22, verse 15. It says, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. And so it's the natural disposition of many foolishness bound up in their hearts. But it's the rod of correction that will drive it far from them. That's how we deal with it. When you see you see that my kid's a lie. He lies a lot, or he's, he's disobedient, or she she rebels, or she. Okay, that's bound up in the heart of a kid. It's okay. The rod of correction is how you drive that out, and so that's what God has given us insight. Then Proverbs twenty three, thirteen and fourteen. It says again, it's a, com a command: Do not withhold correction from a child, 
For if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with the rod and deliver his soul from hell. Let me clarify, beat him with the rod. So when we think of beat, we, some of us think of beat, that's, just, that's whoa, you know. The same thing we think of when you think of a spanking, that's what it's talking about, beat him with a rod. That means you, it, it means that you're going to hit him with a rod, a rod of correction. It might be a, a switch. It might be a belt or whatever. Uh, whatever, you, whatever you implement for discipline, it says, look, he's not going to die. They're not going to die. Now, anybody got some dramatic kids, they might scream like they're going to die, you know, that. Those are screams to say, trying to get you to stop it, you know, to stop it, you know, but God said they won't die. And it said, look, you'll deliver his soul from hell. I read that and I think, man, that's it's just, it's, the goal is spiritual. So I'm not whooping my kids for being kids. If my kids run and be silly and they spill milk on the floor, that's not a whooping. That's not rebellion. That's not sin. That's that's kid stuff. I'm a discipline things that, man, this is your soul is involved here. I, I want you to. I, I want to make sure that, you know, we're, we're guiding you in such a way that you, you make it to know the Lord. And so those are the, there's, a, there's a purpose involved. And so two more Proverbs, uh, 29, verse 15. The rod and rebuke give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. So it says the rod and rebuke bring wisdom. So as you discipline and correct your kids, it says they become wiser. You know how that works? Because you're training them. So you get a kid that's got healthy discipline in place and they understand now that you don't do that. That they, There's some wisdom. I remember seeing my kids. My, I remember my kids looking at other kids cut up at the store and they're looking like, wow, that's it shouldn't do that, dad. I'm like, that's right. You know, like like almost they were shocked that this kid was just getting away with, you know, whatever it was that they were doing. Um, it says that they'll, they'll be wisdom. You know, it says they'll, they'll, they'll understand some things that that's not that's not OK to do that. But it says a child left to himself will bring shame to his mother. And I'm always interested in those parents that opt to not discipline, how they can't take their kids anywhere. Everywhere they go with their kids, it's like you know, the kids are, their, their kids are that kid. And, um, and they can't go anywhere. They can't relax when they go places. And, you know, this little Timmy's name is always being called. And it's like, you need to give Timmy a whooping. <laughs> Timmy, need, Timmy needs to be corrected for what he's done. You know, that, that's, that, that needs to happen. Last verse, uh, last proverb, Proverbs 29, verse 17, it says, correct your son and he will give you rest. Yes, he will give delight to your soul. There's this, correct them. You know, it's not a bad thing to do. And so uh, I wanted to lay this foundation for the parents because, again, just like we got some broken models for the male-female relationship in our culture, in our world, uh, parentally, we have some wrong ideas, you know, and some many of the very popular books and popular counselors and pop, popular family therapists or whatever. Um, they're they're just doing from they're just practicing on your families. They're saying, oh, no, let's let's eliminate discipline. I think it's better that way. And after we get a generation of kids that don't have discipline, that don't do well, they'll they'll re, they'll remake this later on. They'll come up with something new. We have the word of God that's always been right and will always be right. And so we want to be very careful not to take our cues and our, 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 our examples from the world. And so this one is important. It has a purpose and it, it all ties back into the goal of parenting. And this is what I like to tell parents that feel like, you know, somehow they're being a good parent by not disciplining. Um, like somehow it's a good thing or it's a loving thing that Hebrews 12, 5 through 11 says that your heavenly father disciplines you. Y'all know that? 
that if you're a child of God and you get out of line, your daddy in heaven will spank you. And so if God spanks his kids, then I'm not going to be a better parent than God. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm never going to be a better parent than God is to me. And so if God disciplines his kids. Um, I, I need to understand that, OK, it would be all right for me to discipline mine again, the same way God God does it to benefit me, um, to bring me back to himself. Um, he says no discipline is is pleasant for the pl- present time. Usually it's painful and uncomfortable, but it says it, 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 it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those that are trained by it. And so no discipline is pleasant, but it does yield a certain kind of fruit to those that are trained by it. So now let's come back to Ephesians 6. And so the family structure, the idea of family structure, Christ is the head of every household. Christ is the head of the whole home. The husband is, husband is submitted to Christ. The wife is submitted to her husband. And the children are submitted to their parents who govern over them and direct them in the things of God. And so that's where that's that's the structure God has established and set up. And so look at Ephesians 6, 1 now, and it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So first of all, the word children here, it doesn't mean small child or little kid. This is the best working definition of that word children. If you're unmarried and you're under the roof of covering of your parents, you fall into this category. If you're unmarried and you live with your parents and you're under their covering and their provision, you could be 15, you could be five, you could be 25. If you are under their covering, they're providing for you and covering you um, children. That, 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 that would apply to you. I do believe this changes when you get married. A woman gets married, things change. You know, that's why when the woman gets married, I say, who gives her to be married to this man? And usually if her dad's alive, it says, you know, I do, reluctantly, you know, so with, with tears in my eyes and snot in my nose, I do, you know, and, and he gives her over. And so because from that point now, there's a different relationship. She submitted to her husband and, and everything else. So but children and we got two things. First, obey. And later on, we're going to see the word honor. So the word obey here, a definition of it. It's a long definition. It means to hear under as a subordinate, to listen attentively to heed or conform to a command or authority, hearken to be obedient to obey. And so basically do what they tell you to do. Children, obey your parents. That's the that's the action. That's what we're supposed to do. So if you're in a household, um, you have parents that are governing over you, that are leading and guiding and directing this as children, you obey. You do what they tell you to obey your parents. And it says in the Lord. And so what does it mean, obey them in the Lord, right? Some people think, well, obey them if they're saved. So they're not saved, I don't have to obey them. That's not what it means. That would be convenient for some of us. When it says obey them in the Lord in the same way that the wife submits to her husband as to the Lord, it's as a Christian child, you submit to your parents uh, in the same way, in the Lord. God, God, because you're the Lord of my life, I, I, I will submit to and obey my parents. It doesn't mean, and this is important for kids, right? It doesn't mean that your parents are right about everything. It doesn't mean that they know everything. It doesn't mean that they're not making a mistake about something. Like God says, because you're a Christian child, I want you to obey your parents in the Lord. Um, Is there a time when a child I want to I want to throw this out to a child. Is there any circumstance where a child would not obey their parent uh, and it be right in God's eyes? 
Any, any, anybody that's a child, answer that for me. Is, is there a time when it would be okay to not obey your parent? I want a child. Raise your hand. Uh, let me. Uh, when, when would it be okay uh, to not obey your parent? So if your parent tells you to do something that goes against God's word, it would be okay. Thanks for joining Pastor Bill on the Transforming Word as he teaches through the book of Ephesians. If you're ever or near the Inglewood area, you are more than welcome to join us this weekend for church. We meet at Calvary Inglewood every Sunday and Wednesday, and you can get more information on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. You also can call or text us, too, for more information. Our number is 310-245-4811. Again, that's 310-245-4811. If you're looking for more resources or ways to connect with us, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just look for the links on our website. Again, that is calvaryinglewood.org. As you listen to today's message, we pray that it has not only inspired you in your faith journey, but challenged you in your relationships. The book of Ephesians was written by Paul around the time he was in prison in Rome. This is one of the most inspiring things about Paul. Even when he was facing some of the heaviest of trials, he was still focused on the gospel mission. He still urged unity. He wrote of patience and love and encouraged people to be as one, just as God the Father is one with His Spirit and His Son. This may seem like an impossible thing to accomplish, but when you're living in the Spirit and by the Spirit, it's easier to genuinely love those around you. Well, that's all we have time for today. But Pastor Bill will have more to share from the book of Ephesians next time on A Transforming Word.